month, three months, six months, uh, you know, year, two years goes, you don't get it. Obviously, that's going to start impacting your relationship. So um, if I was applying biblical principles to this, I would, I personally follow this, uh, you know, this uh, principle in my life. And I found that it works fairly well, is that I don't lend, okay? I don't lend money to anybody. Uh, if if I have money to give and they have a legitimate need uh, and I am led to give to that need and meet the need, I will give it. And I make it very clear to them that, uh, that you know, this is a gift, okay? Uh, we have no obligation. You have no obligation to repay it to me. Um, you know, I'm not going to ever bring it up again. It's not going to impact my relationship with you. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're not going to have any discussions around this. And I forget about it, um, you know, and, and, and I don't even think about it. So the next time I see that person, I'm not thinking, oh, he's the guy, there's a the guy that owes me money. Okay, when's he going to repay my money? Um, you know, that doesn't even come into my mind. And it takes a little work to get there, but, uh, but that's what I would recommend. And, and because of that, you know, today, uh, there are people who've taken money, have given money to, that some have repaid some portion of it, because initially everybody says, well, I'll repay it. Don't worry, I'll give it back. And some have even started and they've given back a certain portion, but then they get into a problem and they can't. Okay, so they stop. And I've never asked them when they gave it back. I didn't ask them. I did not keep an account. I don't even know how much they owe. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't keep an account of any of this. But to this day, I've got uh, very good relationships with, with all of these people. Um, you know, uh, and... Uh, and, and, and what I found is that, is that when there's money dealings between, especially between believers, it can cause problems in their relationship as well as uh, some of that can come into the church. Okay. So a uh, wise principle, I would say, you know, and we've had cases, by the way, where, where somebody started doing some work for somebody else or whatever, and there was some expectation. It wasn't written down. There was a mismatch in expectations. And it caused severe tension, okay? It caused physical, uh, emotional tension, it caused physical health issues with the person who was expecting to receive from the other person and didn't receive it. There was, uh, you know, so this business of any kind of business between believers is very, very dangerous, okay? Any kind of obligation between believers is very dangerous because you just go away from the spiritual into the world. So the moment you give somebody something and you're thinking, I got to get it back, uh, you're just going to go down into a, a worldly direction that and causes all kinds of problems, right? So, um, you know, I, the, the best way to handle this, I believe, is, you know, if I can afford to give it to them, you know, to meet a legitimate need, I just give it, right? But I don't get into a loan where I charge interest and all these kind of things, you know, um, you know. I think that's going down the wrong path. And I think the approach of just giving it as a gift is more aligned with scripture. Okay. Uh, that's the way I would look at it. Uh, anybody else want to jump in? Uh, Rebiana. Uh, hey, George, I had a question for you. Yeah. Uh, before you came into this conviction, have you lent to people? And what was the net result of that? If you could share that as well. Uh I don't believe I have had that because I came to this conviction fairly early on before I had any money to give. <laughs> so, uh, so I've never had that, but I don't know, maybe have you had or anybody else had they want to 
talk about uh, you know, situations that have come up. So I, you know, I, th- I think uh, it's it's very obvious that uh, you know when you are invest that money, it really comes to your attitude towards the money, right? So you are thinking that's my money, right? As opposed to well, that's God's money. I've given it to the need of somebody. Uh, you know, let God take care of me in the future. Okay. Any other points you wanted to make, or uh, anybody else wanted to add to that? It says the reason could be for a friend having a business need or personal reasons, and and I actually have a real life story here, which is fairly recent, like within the last year, um, where uh, through a mutual contact, uh, you know, I got to meet somebody, a brother, a brother in Christ, not in our church, who actually has is a bit of an entrepreneur and. He started a business, okay, uh, and uh, this this mutual friend of ours sort of put us together, and uh, you know, and I was I was a little concerned initially, saying, you know what? Uh, so he said you should meet this brother. He's got a great testimony, and uh, you know, yada yada yada. So I, I was saying, okay, this guy's got a business. He probably needs money, uh, you know. Anyway, I met with this brother, and uh, and he talked about more about life than his business, and. Uh, uh, and as I, uh, and he had started this, started one sort of venture and then changed it to something else. And, uh, and, and, you know, uh, he, uh, he did, he didn't need some money, but, uh, you know, we talked more about his faith journey and what the Lord had been teaching him. Uh, and, uh, and I do have this philosophy that I follow, which is, you know, God doesn't bring things. God, when God brings certain needs into my path in whatever way that it doesn't happen by accident, okay? Uh, so as I spent, I spent maybe two or three hours with this brother over at the Hill Station Cafe outside there talking. And, um, and I was really, uh, you know, touched by his journey and it was a bit of a journey of faith. And, um, and he did need a certain amount of money to keep his business afloat, you know? And, and of course, he said, I'll give you, you know, you can, if you do that, you can give, get some equity in the business and all that. And I prayed about it. And, you know, eventually I came to the conclusion that, you know what, I think the Lord wants me to help this guy. Okay. Help this brother. Uh, because I see a need. I think he's, he's on the right path with the Lord. I really don't know if his business is going to succeed or not. Uh, but I just felt convicted that at that point in time, the Lord wanted me to help him. So, uh, so I got in touch with him and I said, look, I think the Lord's speaking to me to help you. Uh, and, and it was a fairly substantial amount. And so, uh, and, but I told him very clearly, this is not, I'm not investing in your business. Okay. Um, you know, because he was talking about, well, I need to do this and do that. And, you know, you can get this much, whatever, you know, once we get valuations and equity and all this stuff. Uh, and I said, I'm just giving it to you. And then it's going to be like I just said, right? I'm going to give it to you. Use it for your business. If, you know, if it prospers, you know, glory to God. If it doesn't prosper, I'm not going to come back. It's not going to affect your and my relationship in the Lord in any way. Um, you know, but having said that, he, he said that there were some requirements, some legal requirements with the RBI and all that, uh, that, requ- that he couldn't just take the money. So he came up with some scheme. Uh, something called convertible debentures, which, you know, if his business ever, uh, if his business does succeed at some point, you know, he will have some equity. So I've told him, I don't want that equity. Okay. That's yours to keep, but he had to write a piece of paper and I had to sign it, uh, you know, for a legal requirement. Um, and so, 
So, you know, I've got an investment in a startup here, which maybe someday will uh, make me a millionaire. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but I'm not, uh, I'm not counting on that. That's not why I gave it to him. Right. And then, and then we've been in touch and he, he does update me. I've, I've met with him, uh, you know, just to give him some business advice on certain things because for a while his business was struggling. Now it's sort of starting to pick up again, but he's not by any means over the woods. Right. So, uh, but again, to me, what was important was not whether that was a good investment or a bad investment. It was that there was a brother. Uh, I was convinced about his faith journey. I was convinced about his walk with the Lord. Uh, I was convinced that he was very sincere about it. And he felt that this was what the Lord wanted him to do. And, uh, you know, I had the means to help him out at that point in time. Um, you know, and, uh, and of course, we've had subsequent discussions, you know, around it. And I've been clear to him saying, you know what, uh, now I'm focused on other things. I can't really do much more here, right? So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I did sort of quote-unquote invest in his business, but to me, it's not an investment. Uh, it's, it's just a gift to that brother who was in need at that time. So, uh, so anyway, that's a long answer to that question. Does anybody have a follow-up on that? I think many of us might be confused on this, George. So, no, we are not where you are. Yeah. So, uh, and there are people who come and ask for loans. Yep. And we are confused whether to give or not to give. How do we handle that? Yeah, so so I think there's another question on that. I, I think, yeah, you, you may not be where I am, so we're talking about different things, but I think the principle still holds, okay? Um, you know, the, uh, the, the fact is, I would not give anything as a loan, okay? You know, you should give it as a gift. It's, it's, it's far more prudent and far more wiser and more in line with scripture to just give to the needs of your brother. Okay. Now, if that brother later decides to give it back, you know, there's nothing wrong with accepting it back. But, but it's a matter of your mentality. Am I thinking about it as a loan that somebody owes me back? Okay. And so I'm going to be, uh, you know, Again, it come, and this works with relatives as well. Somebody has a question on in-laws here. You know, uh, one, one principle I have is that I will never let money come in the way of a relationship with a relative or a fellow believer. Right? Uh, and uh, because money is just not worth it. Okay? Even if I lose, uh, you know, lakhs of rupees or tens of thousands of rupees, at the end of the day, no amount of money is worth the value of my relationship with somebody, okay, whether that's a family member or a, or a brother in Christ or sister in Christ who is in need, uh, it's just not worth it, right? So I think that's the core principle I would, uh, I would personally say is the right thing to do. Is that, does that help? Let me try. I just want to share one of the experiences that I've had right here in this country. So there was a, now, we were struggling very much financially at that point. Uh, this was around 2000, 2003, 2003. So, there was a situation where one of our uh, close contacts was working with his, was living with his father in his house. And they really needed to move out for various reasons. And basically was living in a shack in his father's uh, extended house. So finally we ended up um, loaning him money 
uh, a substantial amount that at the end of it, uh, we really did not even have enough money to eat. It was a sacrificial giving. But we knew that we had given it and we are not expecting it back. Um, but in many a situation, I also uh, try to hold them accountable to what they do. So, um, so I said, you can pay back whenever you have it. Uh, you know, if you if you don't have it, forget about it. But uh, you should try to pay it back. And the property must have appreciated in value maybe eight to ten times now. And of course, you know, um, the guy actually has prospered, but has not uh, paid it back. So I thought it was appropriate to uh, bring it up to speak into his life. So there are a couple of instances uh, mm -hmm. where, I have, where I put that expectation on them to repay it. But in my heart, I'm not expecting even a, a single penny back. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a matter of your attitude, right? And, uh, and yes, we should, you know, we, we should uh, also, before we give money, we need to understand why. In fact, maybe I'll just take up a, a question here. Uh, it says, um, yeah, how do we handle if people in the church ask me for money? What if the same person is borrowing from multiple people in the church? How can we protect others from getting duped? First of all, it's very sad if somebody in the church is trying to dupe others. Uh, but um, again, you know, we live in a fallen world and there will be people who do these kind of things, right? So, so first of all, you know, you should not feel obligated to give unless there's a legitimate need. So, I mean, if somebody's borrowing money to go on an expensive foreign vacation, uh, you know, I would not give them for that. Okay, so, so definitely before I give, I would, I, try to, I would try to understand what they need. Is, is it really a need? Is it just a, a want? Is it a luxurious thing that they want? Why do they have that situation? I would try to help them first deal with their financial issue and why they have those problems. So is it, uh, is it because uh, uh, of unwise decisions? Is it because of lack of planning? Is it... Uh, you know, because of problems in their spiritual life. You know, I, you know, so, so I think, uh, and then on, on this specific question, if, uh, if there's somebody in the church asking for money, uh, I, I would suggest that if you cannot talk to them directly and try to ascertain it, you know, you should probably check with the elders okay? so, that, uh, so that we know that somebody is going around taking money from different people. And by the way, we have had people do this and it has led to problems, okay? So I would, I would just say, uh, again, my, my point was not about being unwise about it and just giving it to whoever comes and asks. That's definitely not the point. Uh, and certainly, as Rabbi Chan said, right, it's, it's about our attitude, number one. But secondly, where there is an opportunity to teach somebody, it's not to say that we don't do that. Okay? Uh, so we do want people to learn accountability, especially fellow believers. Uh, but at the end of the day, the point is that you know, we don't want it to be a thing of creating bondage you know, and uh, and getting into that uh, issue in the relationship between the believers. Okay, okay. So I'm going to move on, and uh, so there's one about a similar issue. It says, should we lend the money to our in-laws? I gave them in August 2018 approximately 10,000. I'm still waiting them to repay their so-called Christian and claim they know Jesus. Okay, uh, this is exactly the reason why, you know. Uh, why I, I, I you know, articulate the principle I did, right? So, you know, if your in-laws are your family, okay, 
if they need 10,000 and you gave them 10,000, you know, I would say forget about it and move on. Okay, so it's obvious here that the very fact that somebody's asking the question tells me that it's causing a uh, friction between the in-laws. Okay, whether it's my in-laws or my parents, to me, they're still parents. Uh, you know, they have a need. Uh, you know, I'll figure out how to live without the 10,000, right? So, uh, so we should not let this come in the way of family relationships, in the way of, uh, you know, of, uh, of brother to sister, or brother, brother and sister relationships in the church. What you said also has scriptural basis. If someone in your family is struggling, mm-hmm. you provide for that. It is also yeah. in, is it in First Timothy chapter? Uh, yeah, it's in uh, one of the Timothys. This goes back to my lack of memorization skills. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it says that if he's worse than an infidel if he does not provide for his own. Yes, First Timothy chapter five verse yeah. eight. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah, and, and I would sense again. I don't want to. I don't want to judge uh, people too much. But I would. I would sense from this question itself that there is some issue between the son-in-law and the and the parents-in-law. Okay, and you need to sort that out uh, because you know. Uh, that, that's not. That's probably the root to this uh, this issue, and not the ten thousand is what I would think. Okay. All right. Okay. How do I decide if I should move into my own house, which would take me further away from church and fellow believers to place where none are anywhere near, or should I prefer to move and just move in just to say bread? Okay. So if I'm interpreting this correctly, somebody's got. I would assume own house means that you won't have to pay rent. Right, uh, and uh, uh, but but the the downside is that it would take you further away from the church members and fellowship. Uh, and I'm I'm glad uh, whoever asked this question that you're thinking along those lines. So obviously it means that to you being closer to the believers and having fellowship is an important thing, right? So uh, again, this is not a question that I can give an answer to. I think the thought process you're engaging in is the right thing. Um, you know. Uh, you know, if you if it is in fact your own house, maybe you should consider renting that out so that you can, you know, you can get some income to pay for living closer to the other believers. So there's there's no black and white, right and wrong answer to this. I think you have to look at all these factors and prayerfully make a decision. Okay. Rabichan, you want to add anything on that? I think there are a lot of issues to be discussed along with that. So it's just one part of the problem that we have. So we cannot really answer that question yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but I want to, if you if you if you have a specific case and you want some wisdom and or you want some guidance uh, please do come and ask uh, so that we can get into a little bit more of the details when taking up a full time ministry position would it be wrong to consider the monetary compensation of the road or should it only be on whether you have a clear call for it regardless of the dollars okay so what I what I understand from this is somebody is uh, taking up a position in a parachurch organization of some kind, uh, you know, and and there is a there is a uh, obviously remuneration that comes with it, and and these these come in different forms. Sometimes, you know, they are based on how much um, you know how much uh, donations the ministry gets and all this kind of stuff. I have seen many different models. So the, the question is asking, 
uh, when I'm considering that, uh, should I, you know, should I be focused on the monetary compensation? How much am I going to get remunerated every month? Uh, or should it only be on the clear call? So I would say, uh, see, if you have a call and, and a call, then, you know, you should follow the call. And maybe, maybe Revichan is a better person to answer this since he's in the, in the full-time ministry. Uh, but, uh, you know, full-time ministry comes in different forms, right? There are those like Revichan who are going all out in total faith. In other words, they're not working with a the ministry. They're going from a direct call of the Lord to serve him. And they're living completely by faith through provision of God, not through a monthly salary. Uh, there are others who, who join a ministry where, where it's, it's sort of like a job, but it's a, you know, it's a different kind of job. Right? It's not a secular job. It's a ministry-oriented job. So, uh, you know, and, and, and some people want to do that not because they're not quite ready to go in the direction of that Rebichar and Asha are going in, uh, but they want, to, they want the job that they're doing to be ministry-oriented, right? So um, I, think it, I think it comes down to that, uh, what exactly is your call, right? Is it, is it to serve the Lord in that ministry, okay, regardless of what you make, or is it to have a job which meets your other needs, you know, but you want it to be associated with the ministry? I think those are just some of the things that you have to think about. Ravi, you want to add something there? Yeah, first of all, I think we have to address about ministry itself. So uh, as a church, we have put together a document to mm -hmm. help um, people as they consider all these things, you know. So uh, what exactly is a call for a full-time work or whatever? Mm -hmm. um, so um, we hope to share with the church at some point when we are again gathered together in the hall. Um, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah we do. And I, I would say that if, I would almost say, I don't know if you would agree with this, but you can jump in, that if in going into something, you are, the, the, the salary is a factor, okay, and you're going to take it or not take it based on that, to me, that doesn't sound like a call. Yes. Right? It's more like a job. And there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Uh, you want to work in a ministry. You want to do an office job in some ministry, but it's like another job and you want it to earn you a certain amount. Uh, to me, that's a, that's a ministry-oriented job and not necessarily following a call. Would you? Yeah. So I, actually, in the other document that we have put together, what we say is, no, uh, as the Lord says, leave your nets and follow me. So that was leaving your... Um, uh, income source for your normal yeah. living and then following the lot after that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you are taking that step, we simply have to trust the lot to provide our needs and the money cannot be an issue in making yeah. the decision. There might be something uh, promised by an agency or there, there may not be. But uh, the primary purpose is the car and then you have to trust the lot to provide that and go on. So uh, Matthew 19.29 says, you know, those who have left many things, including lands, will be provided a hundredfold in this life yep. along couples and all that. So we have to take that at face value and move on. Uh, how was the Lord Jesus himself provided? If you look at it, uh, Luke 8, verse 3, we find the list of people who are providing for 
him out of their means uh, so it is a it's a different call so uh, if that's the way that uh, you are going to be provided for your life uh, just take the jump and uh, don't think how much that person is going to give you and never choose a ministry in uh, according to the yep. remuneration that they give and yep. also the ministry is what they give is not enough for all your needs it will be uh, for your basic needs and uh, future points you understand that you need much more you again have to depend on the lord only uh, yep. money should not be a criteria in understanding god's call and choosing a ministry great um okay next one is a is a tough one what would be a good filter to decide between our wants and needs how can we occasionally indulge in something we want without being overcome by guilt or having an entitled attitude wow um this is a, a great question and uh, uh try to think how to answer it <laughs> so uh, you know things and, and you're right there's a you know uh, many of us are in a situation where you know our our, our needs any of us most of us i would say uh, you know our needs are met right and, and yes we do spend on wants and and where do you draw that line and that's a very tough uh not very tough it's not a very clear thing okay when do you when are you going overboard um does the lord really um you know uh, is it really wrong if i go and uh, you know uh, you know my kids are fed they need uh, they want ice cream okay they don't really need ice cream is it really wrong for me to go and buy them some ice cream and spend some money okay or uh you know is it really wrong for me to splurge a little bit and and go on a holiday somewhere right so uh you know again there's not a clear answer i think this is it comes back to that spiritual you know spiritual um, decision right and, and and making it a spiritual prayerful decision i think you need to take that to the lord and say lord am i look at your overall lifestyle okay uh, am i going overboard compared to what i need so in other words i i would take it away from you know one off things spending on this or that you know i bought this toy uh, technically probably most of our kids don't need all the toys they have okay uh, you know that sort of small stuff i would take it up a level and think about your overall lifestyle okay <clears throat> what kind of house am i living in what are the things i'm spending money on am i giving um you know sufficiently to the lord am i giving substantially to the lord or am i how much am i giving to the lord versus what i'm keeping back okay that's a good way of looking at it right so you take your total income and you uh, you find out how much am i living on okay uh, you know so you know how much am i how much is going in taxes how much is going in my needs and and then what's left right that i'm spending on things that are not want so i don't think we have to be legalistic about it the lord is going to you know strike us with lightning he certainly doesn't you know if we happen to spend on something new but but you know i mean i'll just give you some examples okay people who have this this happens in the united states okay there's this cultural thing that says well you have to go on a vacation every year okay during the summer so people are going on uh, on cruises and they're going to exotic locations and they are spending all this money um you know and that's their lifestyle okay um you know um, that's their lifestyle okay now 
I know somebody, <clears throat> I know of this, uh, I, I, it turns out the person is actually a relative of mine. So, so you know, you guys know that we have, a, uh, there is this thing where you can buy a membership in, what is that thing called? Uh, uh, Club Mahindra. Okay. Right. So that allows you to go and, uh, uh, you know, go on a holiday or whatever. So there's this couple uh, somewhere in the Gulf who, who, who has this. Okay. Now you could look at that and say, uh, you know what, that's, that's spending, you know, on their wants. But, but you know what they do with that? They actually have purchased that and they, I don't know exactly how they do it, but, but they provide that you get like one week, uh, I don't know, so many weeks, a month or a year or something. And they actually gift that to an evangelist. Okay. So, uh, so they allow a, a family of evangelists who somebody that they know and say, we want to gift you a one week vacation at a club Mahindra property. Um, you know, take your family with you. And, and the evangelist probably could never afford such a thing. Okay. Uh, you know, praise the Lord for that. Right. So, so I, I don't, I don't know that, that, you know, I'm not prepared to say that this is right and that is wrong. Uh, and many of these questions, that's going to be the answer. I think it comes down to your mentality. So when those folks thought about it, they said, you know, we've got this money, we can afford this thing, but we're going to use it to bless somebody else who's in the Lord's work or people, many people who are in the Lord's ministry. Okay. Um, and uh, I think one of our brothers here got the benefit of that, but then the lockdown happened. So I don't think he's been able to use it. So, uh, uh, you know, so I, I think it all comes down to how much am I making you know, how much am I using on myself? How much am I giving to the Lord and, and getting to that balance, right? And deciding, um, you know, the lifestyle that, uh, and, and I, I love the, the, uh, the point there about the entitled attitude. And I got to tell you, um, and I'm not, uh, you know, unfortunately when I do this and I'm, I'm comfortable doing it with you guys, but um, I think Lisa was going to jump in somewhere and say something. I don't know if she's there, but, uh, but she said, she just told me something that really, uh, you know, touch my heart, which is, uh, you know, she, uh, she and Timothy were talking about something and, and Timothy said, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad that dad brought us up in a way that didn't allow us to feel entitled. Okay. Um, and uh, to me, that was just a blessing to hear that uh, because, um, you know, yeah, I mean, my kids could have had a, a very different life, a much more luxurious life. Not that, by the way, they're living in plenty of luxury as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, given the level of income that the Lord has blessed me with and all these kind of things, it could be much more. Okay. And, and, and none of them have ever grown up where we've, we've just given them whatever they wanted. You know, we've tried to live a certain way. You know, we don't go on expensive vacations. We don't uh, jet around the world, even though we could probably have afforded it. Um, you know, we live within our means, uh, you know, and, um, and, and, and we've never just given them, you know, everything they wanted, right? So we didn't just give them cell phones when they were 10 years old, just because we could afford it. And, and, and they've grown up with that, you know, not with that entitled mindset. So I think, uh, you know, I think uh, where to draw the line is, a, is an individual decision, but, uh, but it comes down to, you know, how are you, uh, you know, how are you uh, making that decision, right? And, and how are you achieving that balance? Um, Ravichal, you want to add anything to that? Not really. I just wanted to, I would love to hear Lisa. Oh, well, she'll just repeat what I said. I don't know if she's, she's on or she's cooking lunch or something. Um, 
but uh, but no i think i think again it's uh, it's just a you know it's a fine line there and, and you have to ask yourself right constantly ask yourself am i going overboard right am i uh, I, i mean i'll just tell you you know uh, there are a lot of things that, that we could afford to do you know i could afford to have owned uh, three or four apartment buildings okay apartments uh, you know but you know i choose not to do that right uh, not because i can't afford it but because i just don't think that's what the lord wants me to do with his money um, and i think we should all make those kind of decisions right uh, you know as to how we use again it comes back to stewardship of something that god owns it's not stewardship of what i own okay by the way if anybody wants to jump in and ask for clarifications please do okay i'm not seeing anything on the chat so uh, if you want to add something on the chat as well uh, okay i think we answered this one investment for a purpose okay we'll talk about investments later so i'm going to skip that uh, i like to review our monthly expenses and look for ways to cut unwanted costs my spouse thinks that i'm criticizing for the past spends despite trying to explain the intent <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a marriage marriage issue rather than a finance issue <laughs> no i think uh, I, i think that's that's a good thing right and uh, you know again you know the, the, there is a need there, there are you know a fine line between what's a need and what's a want so uh, I, i would say that this is something that uh, you and your spouse should be united on you got to be on the same mind or you know as to why you're doing this right? so are you doing this to save something for a for an anticipated need that you know is going to come uh, in the near term right or uh, you know why are you trying to save are you saving it to give more to the lord so you you come with your spouse and reach a commitment that says you know what we are going to cut our spending because you know we feel convicted that let's say we are giving 10% that that's not enough okay to the lord on a regular basis systematic basis you know we want to make it from 10 to 15 so whatever that 5% is we want to cut our expenses right so you come together prayerfully make that decision and then take these steps together jointly okay pradeep are you there yeah i'm here yeah uh, can you talk about planning your monthly expenses rather than doing a historical yeah accounting and you know that might be helpful for this person who you are asking yeah i think uh, some of these are uh, more one off and it's better to talk to that person directly to understand their needs but yes uh i think overall uh, having an understanding of what is the monthly expense uh, you know of essentials and uh, then planning for things over essential so house essentials obviously is a no brainer you have to um so you, st- you have to start with rent and uh, uh electricity water uh, you can't have those cut off right so uh, so you should plan those first and your groceries yeah. and things like that and then and then uh if you want to if there is a need to buy a mobile phone or whatever i think that also should be planned you cannot just see an ad and then say oh you know what i need to buy that you can't buy those things off the whim because then it will throw off your expenses for the next month or the coming months in fact there's another question here that uh, that somewhat related it says my spouse does not like to know about our family finances but feels that we are not spending enough to get things for ourselves basically we both are not aligned on the cost so again when we get to the budgeting i think it's important for you guys to really get alignment on this okay there has to be 
unity on this. And you have to be convicted to say, you know what, uh, we should not be spending on our own. We should be giving more to the Lord. So, so it all comes back to, you cannot take these in isolation. You know, it's, it's, it's looking at how much are we giving, how much are we spending, how are we living, you know, are we comfortable enough that, that we really don't need to be spending more on ourselves? Uh, you know, again, you know, if you're wearing tattered clothes, when you can afford it. I don't think the Lord wants us to walk around tattered clothes, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, if you're in my job, you know, you need, uh, you might need more suits, okay? Because in certain venues, having a suit is like a uniform for me, okay? But, uh, you know, I might need three or four you may only need one because you only wear it once a year to a wedding or something. Okay. So, so again, everybody's so-called needs are different. Uh, so you need to get alignment with your spouse. Okay? Uh, we're running short on time. So I'll just try to get some important ones. We are not able to decide if we should invest to buy a home for ourselves, which would obviously be far from where we are living due to the prices. Thus probably cutting out. Okay, we address that. I think, uh, I think you do need to look at that factor, right. And, and say, you know, uh, Having a home, owning a home is not some ultimate dream thing. Okay, uh, I think people have this this notion that you know, if I don't first of all, if I don't own a home, and this comes from the Kerala thinking, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, it's not just Kerala; it's American thinking as well. Okay, so I don't know why I shouldn't blame the Kerala people. Um, but if I don't have my own property, if I don't have my own uh, place, then somehow I'm lacking. Okay, sometimes it's if I don't have more than one, okay, I'm lacking, right? I need to have one to live and one to rent, okay, to make money. Uh, that's not biblical thinking, okay? I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with living the rest of your life paying rent. And I know you can do all kinds of economic calculations that say, well, if I did this, I did that, you know, it will work out better, all these kind of things. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, uh, I, I think you're raising the right question here. You know what? Yeah, I can go and buy something, but it's going to be far away. Uh, because I need more and the Lord hasn't given me that much to afford it in a place where I can have fellowship with my fellow believers. So it really comes down to what's more important for you, right? Uh, so you should make the decision based on that. Uh, each time I buy an asset, phone, laptop, car, home, furniture, I end up spending more time and money to maintain it. Does it mean it is better not to possess any asset, excluding phone? <laughs> With a smiley. Uh, yeah, I don't think it means that it's not uh, that you shouldn't possess an asset. I mean, the fact is, you know, in a fallen world, everything wears down, okay, including our own selves and our bodies. So uh, I think there is there is something to be said for buying a better asset, right? So, so you know, again, it's a trade-off, right? So if you buy something, uh, say, take clothes, okay, if you buy some clothes that... Uh, uh, that are slightly more expensive today, but are going to last a long time. That's a better investment. I mean, I can tell you, uh, Josiah, okay, Josiah has shirts that Timothy wore, okay. So he's he's uh, he's he's a seventh to wear it, um, okay. So we've handed it down, and, and and that those those clothes they look as good today as they did back when Timothy got it. Okay, we got it for Timothy, or somebody gave it to us, whatever. Okay, so. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong in, in paying a little extra for quality if the Lord gives you that. But again, you got to be smart about it. Right? When we say quality, it doesn't mean BMW. Okay. Um, you know, you can get a, a much cheaper car that's a reasonable quality that will last you a long time. 
that's not a BMW. A lot of that stuff, you know, you're paying for the brand, you're paying for luxury that you don't need. You're not paying for the actual quality of the car. Okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, but, but yes, once you buy something, <clears throat> you will end up spending more, but this, whoever asked this question, you're raising a very good point, which is when you make that decision, consider that maintenance expense. Okay. And put that into your budget. So very often when we are making a decision about buying something, all we think about is how much do I have to pay to acquire it? And I'm not thinking about the insurance that I have to pay every year. I'm not thinking about the maintenance checks that I have to do every year. I'm thinking of a car here, obviously. You know, I'm not thinking about all the oil changes and all of those kind of things, right? Uh, the tires that have to be changed, uh, you know, whenever I reach a certain mileage or kilometer, right? So you need to factor all that into your budget and say, can I afford this before you go and actually buy it, right? So, so that's very wise to, to consider that. <clears throat> okay. Since these are difficult times, is there a way in which uh, those of us with jobs can help meet the needs of those of us in CPF who might have lost theirs or are struggling? Uh, yes, absolutely. When, when there are people who have lost jobs and are struggling, uh, I mean, it's a command to us in First John, uh, several verses there about meeting the needs of your brothers, right? So uh, there is a way to do that. We are sort of aware of those who are in need and, uh, you know, you can give money to the church, give it to Pradeep, uh, you know, follow his instructions and let him know that this is what you want to use it for. Or if there are specific needs, we'll certainly, uh, you know, do something to raise, uh, raise some funds to help those who are legitimately in need. But having said that, we also need to understand, uh, you know, and make sure that we are not, um, you know, what's the word I'm trying to use? We're not uh, taking away from a lesson that the Lord might be trying to uh, teach that person. Okay, so for example, if there are other issues in their life that need to be dealt with, you know, uh, we don't want to deviate from what the Lord might be teaching them. So so that's why it's important that, that the elders and others get involved in understanding the real situation. Uh, but we are in talking to people, we do, we are aware of those who are losing jobs. And if you really have a need, please come and reach out to us, okay, and we'll, we'll have a conversation about it, uh, and certainly, I know there's a lot of generous brothers and sisters in the church here who are more than happy and willing to help. Okay, I use my credit card to gain points and thus get additional things using those points. I don't use my credit card for purchasing anything on EMI. Hope this is fine. Your thoughts. Okay. Uh, if I'm reading this question correctly, um, if you are getting stuff that you don't need just to get the points, then it's not okay. All right. Now, if you are using your credit card for something that you've prayerfully decided that you need, it fits within your budget. It's not going to take away from your giving. Uh, and then you happen to, for convenience and to get some extra points, use a credit card. Do it. But just be very careful. This is sometimes a trap. Okay. Because sometimes we'll, we'll make decisions saying, Oh, well, it's going to cost me this much, but I get so many points. Okay, so I'll spend more. Then you could probably get it cheaper if you went and paid cash. Uh, so so be, uh, you know, be thoughtful about this. It can, it can get you into unnecessary spending, right? That, that would be my thoughts. Uh, needs can be different for different people. For some, a laptop, car, or even a home may be a need. So how do you make a choice One of, on each of these, whether they are needs or wants? So I, I think I already explained that, right? You're absolutely right. Needs will vary. I think, I think you have to ask yourself, uh, every person has to sort of 
you know, sit down and make that decision, right? And again, sometimes the decision is driven by, you know, what you can afford, right? This is all I can afford because that's all the Lord has given me. Um, so uh, we have addressed that. I give for the needs of many. Recently, I started investing in mutual funds since the market is down. I am not sure if it is right. If you are uh, doing this in lieu of meeting the needs of others, then it would not be right. So if you're taking money that you've sort of set aside to give to others to invest, you know, that's probably not the right thing to do. I have had instances where someone needs money for a very short duration. For example, they're not carrying cash at the time or their salary got delayed, etc. And I want to help them out, but don't. But I don't uh, want them to feel it's free money available whenever they want or that Christians give away money, etc. And hence, I agree to take it back as soon as they can. Is it okay in such cases to give money without interest? Uh, I would say you should always give money without interest, number one. Um, number two, you know, um, you really need to evaluate, you know, is this, is this becoming a bad habit, right? So, so it's important that people, especially if they're believers, that they learn to handle their money in a proper way. Okay, it is not honoring to the Lord if you're wantonly spending and then not having enough at the end of the month and, and therefore you have to go and keep asking people. So, um, you know, is there something wrong with you giving money to somebody because they're out of cash, you know, in the short term, nothing wrong with that. But again, think about what, you know, what, uh, what is driving that, you know, is there a behavioral change or a, that needs to happen within that person? Then I would sort of work on that, right? And, and try to uh, address that okay, uh, with them and help them through that. Is it right for the husband to decide how much the wife should spend only because he's the wage earner? At what point should a husband take the decision on finances versus allowing the wife to learn from God? So I think, it, I think it's very healthy in a marriage if uh, both the husband and the wife are involved in financial decisions. Okay? So, uh, you know, you, you really need to come together. Again, that, that comes back to the point of this should be a spiritual decision, right? You guys get together, you, you think about it, you deliberate about it, and you prayerfully make those decisions, right? How much, and there's nothing wrong with, maybe an approach would be when we talk about budgeting, we'll talk about it, you know, there's certain things that the wife manages and you set a budget for that, right? And, and she manages within that budget. Uh, that, that would be a smart way of doing it, right? I'm not sure exactly. Um, see, just because a husband is the wage earner, it doesn't mean that he should be the only one making the decisions. I think in a healthy marriage, you know, you jointly come together and decide, you know, on expenditures that benefit the family as a whole, right? Would the support change if the wife was earning as well? No, see... Uh, I mean, it shouldn't. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the income is, is the income that the Lord is providing to you as a family. Okay. And any marriage where you have the wife's income and the husband's income is, is to me an unhealthy marriage or signs of an unhealthy marriage. Okay. Where you're not, I mean, you're supposed to be, go back to, you know, leaving and cleaving. Okay. And one flesh. Okay. To me, one flesh involves all of those things. Okay. It's, it's, it's the two you know, leaving and then coming together. We studied this in the marriage uh, classes we did earlier, uh, you know, a few months ago. Uh, and if you're not, I mean, finances is such an important part of our life. But if you're not together on that, then, you know, you've got, you probably have some issues coming in the marriage. Okay? Um, some parents never want their children, even kids or employed, to know about the financial burdens they hold to keep the house and the family running with some problems. 
doing this are the parents missing or not to teach the kids about such a situation, how the parents are holding up and how they make, ah, okay, the parents should be open about it. Also, how the kids must be bold enough to ask the parents for it. Okay. Uh, again, this depends on the age of your children. I think uh, certainly if your children are of age to understand, uh, it is important that uh, I, I think it's very helpful if you share your struggles with them and, and involve them in praying okay, for the needs. right? And, and you can start this at a very young age, uh, especially with, um, uh, you know, with, uh, in fact, I mean, I have discussions because uh, kids, you know, even little kids, they'll always come and say, I want this, I want that. Right or, or we have a discussion around you know Josiah always wants to turn the AC on, okay. Um, so we have a discussion about how turning the AC on causes the electricity bill to go up, and you know uh, is that a wise way to spend money when we really don't need the AC because it's not that hot today, okay or whatever, right? So so I think I think teaching kids uh, about finances from a young age is is very important, um, you know, and, and you got to look for opportunities aligned with their level of understanding. You don't want to, uh, you know, give them a two-hour lecture on debt uh, to an eight-year-old. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, again, try to relate it to specific things that they bring up, okay? Whether it's about buying toys, whether it's about, uh, you know, I, I mean, I will come and say, I want, I want this, I want that. So, well, wait a minute, you've got this whole bucket full of toys that you never play with, okay? Uh, why do you want more, right? So you ought to teach them financial responsibility. Uh, and then when we are struggling, which I think seems to be what this question is entailing, um, I, th I think it's helpful. You know, it is, it is very useful for our children to know, you know, that we are struggling and, and, and for them to see how you're relying on the Lord to meet a need and, and involve them in specifically praying uh, for those needs, right? And, to, and then for them to then also... Uh, enjoy and thank God when he makes a provision in whatever way he makes a provision. Right? Uh, Revi, I don't know if you want to add something on that. I think that's a very good question. Well, I think that's another another twist to this question that we can bring in. Okay. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, you're married and you're earning money, but your parents might be struggling. So how do you handle that? Do you want to go to John? Do we handle if the parents are struggling? Yeah, I think. Uh, do we ask them to? Uh, do we try to find out, or do we just provide? Uh, should the yeah, look? I mean, I got to. I got to believe that if you are close enough to your parents, you know what their needs are, what their struggles are, uh, and and go back to the verse we talked about in First Timothy, right? Uh, yes, it is our obligation to provide, right? In fact, that's why when I talked about uh, in the lesson on giving, on who to who we do give to, I included family in there. Um, you know, I think meeting the needs of our family is an obligation that we have in scripture, right? Uh, just like meeting the needs of you know, other believers and the poor and meeting the needs of uh, you know, those who are involved in the ministry. So, so I would say absolutely we should. Did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, personally, when we are bringing up children, we let them know uh, our struggles. And I still remember Jonah would not even allow us to buy uh, you know, something that cost less than a dollar for his birthday because um, uh, he thought we could not afford that. Mm -hmm. Then we had to come and explain the other side as well. You know, trust the Lord and we, this is also a need and a joy, etc. But uh, now that he's 
come up in life so he still you know he, he knows the value of money and how that should be used um, in, in every way i think it's a big important lesson that you have given uh, you know even though you had extra you would not give and uh, struggling parents also should actually let children know that they are struggling and uh, the family draws closer to uh, the members of the family draw closer to one another while they go through the struggle it is not just that the parents bear all the burden and the children are provided i think that's a in a long way to uh, bring up children can we give can we count contributions to social organizations and causes may not be christian as part of our tithe or must it only be specifically for a church or ministry so uh, again as with most questions and i've been i've been emphasizing this you know uh, that uh, you know that it's not uh, you know it's 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 never a, a black and white thing okay the scripture uh, gives us principles for giving right it says we have to give uh, but it doesn't it gives us a freedom to decide what we want to give to right but but certainly you know when we give we need to uh, you know we need to have um you know what i would what i would suggest is that is that you should have a plan okay? in other words as you start giving you know if you're not giving at all today then just start giving if you're not giving very much just not, or if you're giving and you're not disciplined about it the first focus is to be disciplined right and we talked about the different uh, uh, different areas that uh, that we need to give um you know and, and uh, certainly giving to the church is one of those things right um you know so uh, uh you know uh, we we talked about giving to the church we talked about giving to various ministries right we talked about uh, giving to uh, uh believers in need right we uh, we talked about giving to the poor so these are all things that are that are in uh, you know that are in scripture right and so uh, certainly you know within uh, within those parameters we um, you know we have uh, uh you know we have latitude as to who we give to okay so uh, okay so certainly you know we are commanded to give to our own family okay now uh you know that may be your older parents that may be other family members that might be cousins whoever people who might be going through difficult times okay um you know the local church christian workers ministries right fellow believers in need the poor now uh, probably the in giving to the poor you could do it through a christian organization or you could do it through um you know a non christian organization right there's no uh, you know the scripture itself doesn't uh, restrict us okay but having said that keep in mind that that part of our giving is also to uh, you know as part of uh, living out the gospel right so um, so you know so so i i would say that as a believer uh there's nothing wrong in giving to an ngo or an entity that uh, you know that uh, that is not christian uh, but we want to make sure that you know our giving is also gospel oriented right so uh, so in that sense you know whether it's giving to fellow believers giving to the church certainly we get benefits from the church and we are called to give okay we are called to give to support the full time workers of the church we are called to give to um, you know to meet the, the physical logistical um you know financial needs of the church and of course the church itself turns around and gives right to to other needs as as we do here quite substantially every month 
um, you know, and, and so, you know, uh, over time, what you, what you should do is sort of build a, a sort of a, a plan, right? That says, okay, if I'm giving, you know, say 10% or 15%, you know, uh, I'm going to give, uh, you know, take that, okay? If, you're, if I'm giving 100, 100 rupees, okay, I'm going to give 40 rupees to the church, okay? I'm going to give 30 rupees to, uh, you know, to other ministries and Christian workers, right? Uh, and you know, I'm going to give others this much for, for people in need, okay, and for the poor, right? So, uh, so there's a lot of latitude uh, uh, in that respect from, uh, okay, I give uh, for the needs of many. Recently, I started investing in mutual funds since the market is down. I'm not sure if it was right. I might have answered this last week, but maybe I might have rushed through it. So let me address that again. So uh, again, I, 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 sometimes with the, some of these questions, I have to, sort of, uh, you know, I have to sort of uh, um, assume a few things, right, about what's behind it. So if, if, I, uh, if I understand this correctly, is what the person is saying, the questioner is saying is that, is that I already give, right? Um, you know, uh, and it's not clear to me if he's saying that instead of giving, I've started investing in mutual funds or I have some extra money, I'm investing in mutual funds since the market is down. I'm not sure if it is right. So again, you know, uh, the, let's look at what we've talked about, right? If you've got a commitment that you've made to the Lord to give, okay, you need to give that, okay? You don't take, you don't, and you have to be consistent, right? We, we studied this in detail. Uh, please go back to your notes, right? Uh, you know, how we should give, right? It should be consistent, okay? It should be, and all of those kind of things. So if you're, if, 